0: The will be the saver of the world. Do you 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 no, Major, no.
1: You're in for about a 15-minute sermon. Can you handle that? I heard a woo. That was a little too enthusiastic. And I'm going to preach this sermon to the children, and you grown-ups can listen in. Did you hear about the little boy who wrote to the President of the United States at Christmas time asking him to ask Santa for $100 for him? The president thought that that was so so cute, so he told his people to send the lad $5. The little boy wrote back to the president. Dear Santa, thanks for the $5. I see that you sent it through Washington, D.C. As usual, those crooks took $95 of it. Now, children, do you realize that Jesus was once your age? He was once your age. Maybe you're 11, maybe you're 10. Jesus was those ages 9, 8, 7. Jesus was once that age. 6, 5, 4, 3. Jesus was once your age. Do you know what Jesus was doing when he was your ages? You might be surprised. He was working. He had very few toys and very little free time because in that time, children worked to help the family. Jesus lived in a little place called Nazareth. Mrs. Elliot and I have been to Nazareth, and it's like if you took your cereal bowl tomorrow morning and turned it upside down, that is Nazareth. Nazareth. All the land in Nazareth has falls away from the top. And when I was standing in Nazareth where Jesus was a little boy, I thought if he ever played soccer, he would have been chasing the ball down the hill the whole time. Because Nazareth was like a cereal bowl turned upside down. It's rocky. It's dry. It's not very pretty. There are not a lot of trees. But when Jesus was your age, that's where Jesus grew up. Jesus' daddy, his foster daddy, Joseph, was a carpenter. He had a carpentry business. And his daddy would make tables and chairs for people in Nazareth, but he couldn't go to JBR building supplies and get the lumber. They had to take pieces of branches of wood that maybe they broke off of trees or they cut off of trees or they had fallen off of trees. And out of these twisted, irregular pieces of wood, Jesus and his foster daddy would have to make tables and furniture and chairs out of that hard uh, wood pieces. Jesus probably climbed those trees when he was your age. He probably saw what he could see when he climbed a tree. But he helped his daddy in his carpentry business and I'm sure that Jesus worked very hard to help his daddy to make a living for their family. The people who came to Jesus' daddy's uh, carpentry shop, I am sure that some of those people were very demanding. I'm sure they wanted the things they wanted made quickly and they wanted them made cheaply and they were only willing to pay a certain low price that they thought was fair. And so Jesus, Jesus, in his daddy's carpentry business, when he ever, Gained an age when he could be where the customers paid he probably had people haggling bartering Bargaining with him for the price of the wood in the carpentry shop. Jesus had to learn as a young boy how to handle Unreasonable people demanding people Discouraged people Lots of people Jesus Worked at that counter I believe it wasn't probably a real counter it was a chair or a stool probably and dealt with those customers and maybe took some of their payments even when he was a child. And I believe that Jesus, as a person your age, children, when he worked in his daddy's carpentry shop, that probably he hurt his hands with chisels and hammers just like anybody would if they just made a little mistake. And I'm sure it was hard work. I'm sure it was hot work. I'm sure it was work that uh, wasn't always easy. In fact, many times was uncomfortable. But why would God, the daddy God in heaven, the heavenly father, Jesus' daddy in heaven, God, why would he have willed it or planned it for Jesus to work in such a place, to live in such a village in his childhood? Well, if we go to Matthew 23, verse 37, I think we get a window into why God the father allowed God the son to experience those things that Jesus did as a little child it says in Matthew 23 and verse 37, this is when Jesus is grown up. This is when Jesus is moving toward the cross. This is when Jesus knows he has to lay down his life to pay for our sins. Jesus looked over Jerusalem that had been rejecting him and hurting him and mocking him and... and uh, saying that he was not even in his right mind. And he looked over Jerusalem as a as a grown-up, Jesus did, and said this to his daddy father in heaven, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. Jesus built compassion when he was a child, working where he worked, living where he lived. Jesus grew in understanding in his humanity for what it was like to be lost in sin, for what it was like to have no hope, for what it was like to want to get a price on a piece of furniture low enough that wasn't a fair price. Jesus grew in his compassion for sinners right there as a boy in Nazareth. Mean, unreasonable, pushy carpentry customers, they didn't lessen Jesus' love as a boy for people. They built Jesus love for a boy, for as a boy for people. And so when he grew up, he looked over at Jerusalem and said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I would gather you as a hen, mother hen gathers her chicks because I love you. I don't want you to go to hell. I feel for you, but you wouldn't be gathered. Also, the Father's plan in heaven was for Jesus to grow up, to be your age, children at once, that he had to learn things. In his humanity, he had to learn things. He had to listen to his parents he had to learn to listen to and to obey his parents. In Luke chapter 2, Dr. Luke said this about Jesus and his childhood. Verse 51 of Luke chapter 2. And he went down to them and came to Nazareth. And he, Jesus, continued in subjection to them. That is his parents. His biological mother Mary and his foster father Joseph. Jesus was in subjection to him. Jesus learned to obey his earthly parents because his mission was to obey his heavenly daddy to go to the cross. And it says in Luke 2, 51 and 52, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and he continued in subjection to them, and his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. That was saying that as Jesus grew up, just like you were growing up, children, you hear grown ups in our church say, You've grown so much. You're growing up so fast. Jesus grew so much as a boy. He grew so much. He changed in his physical growth. In the process of doing that, Jesus had to understand that he was making choices as a boy, your age, children. He was making choices as a boy that would pave for him a reputation with grown ups, a direction for his life as he grew up. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. Proverbs in the Old Testament gives us a principle that applied to Jesus when he was a boy, and it gives us all a principle that applies at all time to the children in my voice, hearing my voice. This applies to you. Talking about a child, it says in Proverbs 20, verse 11, it is by his deeds that a lad distinguishes himself if his conduct is pure and right. Children, do you want to stand different to the other children in your classes, on your street, you want to stand for God, then distinguish yourself with your deeds. People are watching you as children when you don't even know they're watching you. And it's not just your mommy watching you. It's not just your daddy watching you. It's your school teacher watching you. It's your neighbor watching you. You are being watched as little children. And they are judging from what you do and what you refuse to do the direction your life is going, the reputation you have with them. And so it's so important, children, that just as Jesus was in subjection and obedience to his earthly parents, you be in subjection and obedience to the mommy and to the daddy that he's given to you. Because people are figuring out what direction your life is going, what your reputation is, by your deeds. Not so much by your words. We all can talk well, but we have to live well, children. We have to live well. And so Jesus was once your age. He grew up in a dusty, not very pretty town. He helped his daddy in their carpentry business. He dealt with people that were unreasonable. And he grew to have compassion and understanding for people who are stressed. And he grew up with a direction to his life. He listened to his parents. He obeyed his parents. And he got a reputation for the deeds that he did right there in Nazareth. But you know what happened next? As he grew up to be a man, the time came that Jesus was going to be tested most. Would he go to that cross where they would put spikes through his hands and spikes through his feet and he would be in that hot sun on the cross bleeding and dying and thirsty? Would he go? And you remember in Gethsemane before the cross, the night before the trials, He prayed to his daddy in heaven, Jesus did. If it is possible, Father, for you to take this cup of suffering from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus obediently got up from that prayer and faced those that would arrest him, faced those that would try him illegally in the courts, faced those that would beat him, faced those that would strip him naked, faced those that would nail him to a cross, faced those that would mock him and and ridicule him while he died for you and me. But he used to be a child, your ages. He used to be a child, your ages. And so, what I'd like to share in closing is that the gospel is what Jesus is at the center of. It's why he was born at Christmas. It's why he was your age when he was a boy. It's why he went to the cross and why he was raised from the dead. And the gospel is, children, that all of us disobey our heavenly daddy. And that all of us should have a spanking from our heavenly daddy. But Jesus said, I'll take his spanking, daddy. I'll take his spanking, daddy. I'll take her spanking, daddy. I'll take her spanking, daddy. Jesus said that because he loves you. And when you understand that you deserve a spanking from daddy, God, and that you will allow by faith Jesus to be spanked for you back in history on the cross, then the daddy God in heaven, children, will accept you, forgive you, wash you clean of your uh, disobedience. He'll put you into his family. He'll adopt you. The daddy in heaven will adopt you. And he'll give you a meaning in life. He'll give you a direction in life. He'll give you a purpose in life. And that's the best thing. That's the best thing that any child, in the sound of my voice, could ever be a part of. Now, children, how would you do that? How would you trust Jesus to be your spanking carrier? You would just say, God, I I deserve spankings. But I believe the Bible, when it says that Jesus took my spanking, all of my spankings that I deserve, on the cross believe in him, I need him, I trust him and only him to make me a part of your family, Heavenly Daddy. When you say that to God from your heart, God hears you and he forgives you and he brings you into his forever family and then he gives you things that he wants you to do. They're good things, not always easy, but they're good things. Things that will bring you fulfillment, satisfaction, peace, a sense of true accomplishment in the eyes of the daddy in heaven. Boys and girls, if you've never trusted Jesus in that way, then this is how you could right where you sit. Daddy, Father in heaven, I deserve spankings because I have disobeyed you. I thank you that you sent Jesus the first Christmas, that he would grow up through all the ages that I have right now, and he went to that cross and trusted his father to look after him. I trust him. Put my faith in Jesus. Make me new. Make me forgiven. Make, give a direction to my life that honors daddy, you in heaven. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed in that way, children, would you tell a grown-up, maybe your daddy, maybe your mommy, maybe me, maybe Pastor Nicholas, just one grown-up before you leave today, that I trusted Jesus to be my savior Help me to know how to grow up into full stature. The last thing I'd like to say is that, children, those of you who have already trusted Jesus to be your Savior, I trusted Jesus to be my Savior when I was four and a half years old. <laughs> Almost five. <laughs> four and a half. I wasn't brilliant. I still am not brilliant. I'm not a genius, but I understood that Jesus paid the spank for the spankings that I deserve Jesus took because he loves me. That's all I needed to understand, and in a childlike way, I said, "I'll take that gift. Thank you. It's changed my life. It changed my life. Now children, you, those of you who have taken that gift by putting their faith in Jesus and you are a Christian, you are born again, you know you're going to heaven. Jesus wants you to obey Him like He wants you to obey your parents. You obey Him by giving attention to His word, the Bible and doing what it says. And one of the main ways, kids, that you will do the will of God after you've trusted Jesus to be your Savior is to listen. Obey
0: your parents. Obey your parents.
1: They're not always right. Obey your parents. They don't understand me. None of the other kids are obeying their parents. Obey your parents. Say it with me, kids. Obey your parents. Oh, the, louder. Obey your parents. Let's encourage them to do that. Lord, I pray for the children who are here today. I thank you for each one. I thank you for the potential that is resident within each of these children. First and foremost, we pray that they would see that Jesus took their spankings and they can trust him and be made new. And then after that happens, Lord, help each child to obey their mommy and daddy because that's part of the process of obeying you as you tell them what to do in your book, the Bible. Keep them safe, Lord. Protect them, help them, guide them, provide for them teach them. Help us to love them as the incredible body of Christ. May the children who come to this campus Sunday by Sunday know that we love them. We notice them. We ask them how they're doing. We pray for them. We help them. Help us to show them that they matter, because we know they matter to you, Heavenly Daddy, and they certainly matter to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There are some children in Nassau that are infected with AIDS, through no blame of their own, or have the HIV virus, or their parents do. And every year at this time, we bring gifts for those special children that are affected by AIDS and HIV virus, and this is the morning we give these gifts. You may have forgotten to bring your gift, bring it in later this week, no problem. You may have come with your gifts. In a moment, we're going to invite you that have a gift, either a a box-wrapped gift, or you want to give financially to the... uh, presents for the uh, HIV and uh, AIDS infected children or impacted children. The, the big box is for the gifts and there's a smaller box, I can't see it, but if you, if you have cash and you want to give to just, that's what's going to, nothing else. But it's going to encourage these children that they're loved and they're not forgotten. And so I encourage you to prayerfully think what you might do for that. And uh, while we're doing that, we're going to sing. Brother Anton's going to help us sing. But as we're singing, you step forward and you give those gifts, uh, either wrapped or monetary, and then return to your seats, okay?
2: We're going to sing Once in Royal Davidson. Cash on this side. Once in Royal Davidson the